All right, good morning, Christ Church. Hey, thankful that you're here with us this morning, either here on campus or uh, joining us online. Great to have you. Great to be with you this morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Bob, one of the pastors here uh, at Christ Church, and uh, today we are continuing in our series uh, called The Vow. And uh, remember, we've been taking these weeks here uh, to talk specifically about that uh, marriage relationship experience. And uh, no, not all of you are in that. Uh, maybe you're a single person. Uh, maybe you hope to get married. Don't know. Uh, but uh, we think it still speaks to you because it really talks about relationships in general as well. Uh, maybe you've been married, didn't work out so good. You're trying to figure out, uh, you know, what, what happened there. I think it can speak to you as well. Uh, regardless, it should speak to all of us because we have married people around us and sometimes they're struggling uh, and they may turn to us and say, hey, uh, I see uh, your marriage or you're a Christ follower. Can you help me on this? And that's where we get to introduce Jesus to them uh, as we talk about it. So anyway, we think this is good, uh, good for everybody. And so uh, last week, we started out with kind of a basic uh, vow uh, that says, I vow I will position God first uh, and my spouse second, right? So we talked about how God first, and that flows right into our marriage uh, relationship and that importance of positioning uh, our spouse. Today, we take another step. And know that these messages kind of build on each other, right? So this week we take another step. We're going to get a little more on the practical side of things. Next week we'll, we'll get even more practical, kind of big, big, big practical stuff. Uh, so hang with us through this week and, uh, and next week. Uh, today as we take the next step, you'll notice hopefully uh, it was the subtitle today was Pursue Wow, right? And that's really what we want you to do. We want you to make a commitment uh, make that vow that you're going to pursue, pursue a wow marriage. Now, here's one thing we know. We know that we have an incredible God. Amen? Yeah, we have a magnificent, incredible God. I mean, we have a wow God. And the reality is that we are made in His image, and our relationships are made in that relationship image. And so our marriages are made in that relationship image, which means if we're supposed to reflect the image of God in our marriage relationships, they should be wow. I mean, the reality is our marriages ought to be incredible marriages. Make the commitment. Understand clearly today, you should not settle for an ordinary, adequate marriage. You're a Christ follower. You have an incredible, wow God. Expect, work for, strive for a wow marriage. Pursue wow so that your marriage is a reflection of the magnificent, incredible God who created it. Now, if you're going to do that, you need to follow some, some biblical wisdom. And I think kind of the starting point for us today is captured in kind of a proverbial wisdom. Now, this was not written by Solomon. It's not something that comes uh, from the book of, uh, of Proverbs. But I think it's a pretty wise statement anyway. If the grass looks greener on the other side of the fence, it's time to do what? Water your own lawn. <laughs> right? Wise, pretty makes sense stuff. Yeah, time to water your own lawn. You got to get busy working at building a wow marriage. Wow marriages take energy. They take time. They take effort. They take the commitment to step in and say, yes, I vow to pursue wow. 
We can turn to the Scripture and hear uh, the Apostle Paul, Pastor Paul, founded a lot of churches, wrote a lot of the New Testament, was a single guy, but he understood relationships as God designed them. Uh, and so in Ephesians 5, he talks specifically to husbands and wives. And we'll see that part in a little bit, right? But in Ephesians 5, you go read that when you get home today, he eventually ends up talking specifically to husbands and wives. But in the context of that chapter... He's talking about relationships equally uh, in general. And so he says in Ephesians 5.15, just before he talks to husbands and wives, right? So right before he begins talking to husbands and wives, act like people with good sense and not like fools. Anybody in the room want to be a fool? I didn't think so. Okay, so pay attention. These are evil times, so make every minute count. Work at it. Don't be stupid. Moms, Bible said it, I didn't say it, okay? So you tell your kids, we don't use that word, okay, well, it's here, okay? Don't blame me, no emails. Don't be stupid. Instead, find out what the Lord wants you to do. And we could probably add on the end of that, kind of the Nike phrase, old now, but the Nike phrase, and do it, yeah, just do it, <laughs> right? That's kind of what, right? Saying, listen, find out what the Lord wants, and then put it into play, right? And that's what we do as Christ followers, right? We should understand how the Lord designed relationship and specifically marriage relationship, and then we should step into that and pursue that. Paul kind of uses this image. He says, as a prisoner of the Lord. He's saying, look, I, I am a prisoner. I am captured. I, I am captured by the Lordship of Jesus. And that applies to everything that goes on uh, in my life. So if we're captured then by the Lordship of Christ, and we're going to have marriages that reflect the image of God and our wow marriages, and we're willing to step in and step into the footsteps of Jesus, right? You hear people say that. I just, I just want to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Okay. What does it mean for us then to step in, be a prisoner of the Lord, step into the footsteps of Jesus in our marriage experiences? You ready? It means you make the vow and the commitment to wow by being ready to sacrifice. That's the basics. That's the foundation. If you're going to start watering the lawn, you start watering the lawn because you willingly step into sacrifice. Ephesians 5 again, right? Talk, told you before, this is where Paul gets to talk about husbands and wives specifically. The way he starts the chapter is he says what? Do as God does. Step into his footsteps, right? Reflect him. Act like him. Well, okay, what does that mean? After all, you're his dear children. That's what you should do. Reflect him. Let love be your guide. Christ loved us and offered his life for us as a sacrifice. What did God do? He willingly stepped into sacrifice. If you're going to have a wild marriage, if you're going to start watering that lawn, if you're going to step into the design of godly relationship in this experience that we call marriage, marriage, it means you're ready and you make the commitment today to do as God did, to do as God does, to step into sacrifice. 
Now, when Paul eventually gets to talking specifically to husbands and wives, that's the first thing that he asks them to do, right? The first thing the Apostle Paul asks husbands and wives collectively, right, not targeted at just one, the first thing he asks them to do is honor Christ, prisoner of the Lord, honor Christ, and put others first. So there's somewhat of a generic thing there in terms of our relationships that we're just people who are willing to sacrifice for others. But specifically, it means that is first and foremost for us in our marriage relationships. Now, ladies, this is where that, that verse comes that often gets quoted at weddings that usually you turn the switch off when you hear it. And I gave it to you in the translation from NIV where it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Notice he's talking to both husbands and wives. What is he talking when he says submit? He's not talking about power. He's not talking about being under their thumb screws. What he's talking about is here, is willingly stepping into sacrifice, doing as God did, willingly putting the needs, the desires, the dreams, the purposes of your spouse above your own because you willingly step into sacrifice. That's the call. The call in our life is sacrifice. See, Philippians, Paul says, don't be jealous or proud, but be humble and consider others more important than yourself. I mean, that's a general in our relationships, right? That we sacrifice for each other. And specifically, we do that within the context of our marriage relationships. Why? Because that's what Jesus did, right? You can't miss. That's what Jesus did for you already. He, he already did that, showed you the way. Care about them as much as you care about yourselves and think the same way that Christ Jesus thought, right? So it's how we think and it's how we act. How did he think? Christ was truly God, but he did not try to remain equal with God. Instead, he gave up how much? Everything. He gave up everything and became a slave to the sacrifice. He became a slave to the sacrifice when he became like one of us. You see, God is not asking you to do anything more in your relationships or in your marriage relationship that he hasn't already done in his relationship to you. This is what he did for you. Jesus willingly submitted to the will of the Father. He stepped into sacrifice and gave up everything, including his life. Why? So you could get a right relationship with God. And when we do that, that's how we experience right relationships with each other. And more importantly, that's how we experience, wow, right relationships in our marriages. So what does that mean? First, we'll talk to the wives just a minute. For the wife, it means that you need to step into sacrifice for your husband. A wife should put her husband first as she does the Lord, right? From last week, right? Christ first, spouse second. This is what he's saying as well. Listen, ladies, you need to step into sacrifice. You need to lift up your spouse. You need to put your husband first. You need to, do, you need to follow you know, his needs, his desires. You willingly serve him as his suitable partner. That, that's the way it was designed. That's the way Genesis 2 talks about it when God made uh, human beings, right? He made Adam and then he made Eve. And when he makes Eve, 
Uh, he says, the Lord God said it's not good for the man to live alone. I need to make a suitable partner for him. Suitable partner. What does that mean? Well, somebody that combines with that other person, right? Somebody who fulfills the needs and fu fulfills the dreams and, and the desires of that other person. Somebody who, who lifts them up. Somebody who encourages them. Somebody who builds them up, right? A suitable partner who is that, that piece of the puzzle that joins together intimately. And so the call is to step in and sacrifice and put the needs of your husband above your own needs. Now, husbands, what's the call on your life to sacrifice? Well, same thing, right? A husband should love his wife as much as Christ loved the church. How much did Jesus love the church? It says, well, he gave up his life for it. Guys, you're supposed to step into sacrifice to the point that you will die for your wife. You will die to make sure that she is fulfilled. You will die to make sure that she is honored and lifted up. You will die to make sure that she has fulfillment and encouragement and strength in life. That you will set aside everything else aside for her sake. You will sacrifice what you want for her want. You will sacrifice what you need for her need. You will put her first. It's a great verse. Or Peter says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Guys, this is absolutely vital in your marriage relationship, that you water the lawn in your marriage relationship with your wife by honoring her. You honor her in all settings and in all circumstances. You honor her. And ladies, if you're single out there, if you don't find a guy that doesn't honor you from the get-go, don't have anything to do with him, okay? This is the call. You are worth being honored, and don't let anybody cheapen you. You are an incredible creation of an awesome wow God. And husbands, it means for you, you honor your wife. You know what that means? No more cheap jokes out in public at the expense of your wife. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You honor her. You lift her up in front of other people. You honor her. And at home, it means when it comes to the kids, you don't let your kids disrespect your spouse. You don't let your kids disrespect their mother. That's a no-starter. That no-go. Doesn't happen. They honor her because you honor her. Set down the rule. Make them aware that women are worth honor. Paul says, listen, or Peter says, they may be weaker than you are physically, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Guys, you need to look at your wife and understand she is a gift. She is a gift to you, and you need to revel in that and give thanks for that, and you need to honor her in all settings and in all circumstances. You with me? You hearing me? Why? This works for both husbands and wives because... Uh, Genesis, when God did the creation of a relationship, he, he says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united together. The, the Hebrew word, word there, joined, is the word chad. It means completely joined as one. Don't miss the word completely. Absolutely completely. Right? I mean, it's like 
what, what is it, Jerry Maguire, Maguire thing? You complete me, right? Wasn't that the right movie? Yeah, all the girls are going, yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, I got that, yeah. <laughs> right? You complete me. That's what he's talking about, that, that you complete one another. That's a suitable partner kind of thing. Now, here's the challenge. If you're going to live this out, if you're going to step into this sacrifice, if you're going to complete one another, be that suitable partner that God is calling you to be and serve one another, it means you have to commit to learn your spouse. You have to learn who your spouse is and what their needs are. You, you've got to be willing to put in the time, the energy, the effort to understand who this person is, who is this gift that God has given you, and truly understand what their needs are, what their desires are, what their dreams are. You've got to understand them and know them. There's a great encouragement in uh, Titus from Paul. It says, these older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. And we look at this and say, oh, that's nice. They should love, of course. The, the, Greek, or the Greek word there means, you know, to be in friendship. Well, what's he saying? Well, listen, we, we need to learn how to have our spouse be our best friend. Our spouse should be our first and best friend. And they're going to be our first and best friend when we know them when we understand them, when, they know, when we know what makes them tick, when we are so close to them. Uh, Paul in that chapter 5 in Ephesians, right, says, no one ever hates his own body, but instead he nourishes and protects and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members, parts of his body. Don't miss these words. Nourishes, protects, cherishes. I mean, like that word cherish there, great word in the Greek. It's thalpo, not alpo like the dog food. Thalpo, okay? Thalpo. And it means to hold closely and keep warm. Isn't that a great image? Do you know your spouse that well? Do you know your spouse that well? You're that close, that warm, wrapped up in one another understand what they need, what fulfills them, what encourages them, what strengthens them, and then be willing to sacrifice for that. Okay, let's get real practical for a minute. Let's step into what does that look like in terms of men uh, and, and women. And uh, what I'm going to share with you now is some generalities. So understand it's generalities, but it's generalities uh, based on lots of years of experience of meeting with couples, working with couples, understanding couples, okay? Uh, and so just uh, these are things that I'm going to share with you now that you need to check out husbands and wives this afternoon, that you need to sit down and talk about and say, is that you? I, I do want to understand you. I do want to be a suitable partner. I want to fulfill you. You need to tell me what, what's going to be that. But here are some generalities, just a couple of them, uh, for men and for women. Now, understand the Bible says that in the beginning he created us male and female, right? That means we're different, not the same. And so our needs are different. Our desires uh, are different. So guys, first one's for you to listen up for. Uh, guys, you need to understand women spell needs this way, affection and conversation. All right? In general, these are like top, top of the list stuff. Uh, for, for women, right? And ladies, you need to understand men spell needs this week. 
this way, sex and recreation. And one is kind of the other, you know. That, go too far there? I don't, you, you with me? The guys are going, yeah, baby. Yeah, but anyway, just saying, okay? I know we're PG this morning. We're going to stay there, okay? We can go deeper another time. But okay, so, all right, what does that look like? Guys, let me talk to you for a minute, okay? Men, romance your wife with time and talk, okay? You listen? Time and talk. They need your time, and they need to know what's on your heart, Okay? There's this great Old Testament book. It's called Song of Songs. Sometimes it's called Song of Solomon. And the book, the content of the book, it's read it. It's just it's great. It's just great. It's somewhat erotic, okay? But it's this great book between a bride and a groom, new bride, new groom, married together stuff, right? And this man and the woman, and, and they just start speaking to one another, talking about each other. Read it. It's a great book. But in one section, the, the bride, the young wife, uh, speaks about the attraction she has for her husband. Now, guys, I want you to notice this. When she speaks, she does not say, and he's got such ripped abs, and his biceps are fantastic, and he looks great walking around in his underwear with those great butt cheeks. She doesn't say that, okay? It's not happening. She doesn't say that. What does she say? Look what she says. You watching? His mouth is sweetness itself. He is desirable in every way. Why? Because his mouth is sweetness itself. Such, O women of Jerusalem, is my lover, my what? Friend. What does your wife want? What does she need? She needs your time. She needs your talk. She needs you to talk with her from the heart. Proverbs, book of wisdom, oil and perfume make the heart glad. So does the sweetness of a friend's counsel that comes where? From the heart. She wants to know your heart. She wants you to spend time with her, close, being cherished and in, in affection. She wants to just hear what's on your heart and for you to just listen to what's on her heart. Romance your wife with time and talk. Okay, ladies, let's talk about guys. Did I mention guys are different? I did mention that, right? All right, get ready. Wives, romance your husbands with affection and frequency. Do I need to talk about the frequency thing or do you get what I'm saying here? I'll take that as a yes. I'm not hearing a lot of affirmation there. But if nothing else, hear what Scripture has to say, right? The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, and the wife should fulfill her husband's sexual needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body uh, to his wife. Your body belongs to your marriage. It belongs to your marriage. And for your husband, wives, this is significantly important to him. This is significantly important to who he is as a man. And, and you need to talk to him about that. You need to understand him about that need in his life, right? And that goes also to just time in playing together, in recreation together, just enjoying that time uh, together. 
And, and too often what happens is couples go through that dating time and they go to the Brewers game and, oh, it's so nice to be together and have fun together at the game. And then they get married and he says, hey, let's go to the game. And she says, yeah, why don't you go with the guys? It's not what he wants. He wants time with you. He wants recreation time with you, right? Wives, romance your husband with uh, sex and recreation, right? What does it mean? Why are we talking about this? Because we're going to water the lawn. Remember, we're going to step into sacrifice. We're going to find out who that partner, that gift that God has given us is, what their needs, what their desires are, right? Why? So we can enjoy life together as husband and wife, so we can reflect a wow kind of marriage, so that the unbelievers out there will turn to you in your marriage and say, wow, you got a great marriage. How do I get that? And you get to say, listen, it starts with what Christ did. He sacrificed for you. He sacrificed, and that's what I do for her, and that's what I do for him. I sacrifice for my spouse. And with a little word of wisdom from this guy named Martin Luther, a pretty profound thinker, he says, let the wife make her husband glad to come home and let him make her sorry to see him leave. Good stuff? Yeah. Pursue, wow. Start watering the lawn and willingly step into sacrifice, just like God did for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege we have of uh, being your family of faith, your kids. And we know you are an incredible God, a magnificent God. And you call us to reflect you in all things, including our relationships and especially in our marriages. And, and so help us, uh, Father, help us to uh, step into sacrifice the same way Jesus did, to willingly uh, put others first, and especially uh, to put our husband or our wife before ourselves, and, and to learn them and to know them so intimately that we can be that suitable partner and just fulfill their lives as you fulfill all things. So help us to have the conversations uh, uh, in these days this week that will water that lawn and build up our marriages and encourage us to be captured prisoners of the Lord and to step into his footsteps in our relationships. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, we do have an incredible